You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 72. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. Are you looking for a great book that can help you find the solutions to the biggest challenges in your business? If so, I suggest my first book, 101 Advisor Solutions. A financial advisor's guide to strategies that educate, motivate, and inspire. You see, most books about the financial services industry focus on one facet of the business, such as time management, prospecting, or sales. But this book, this book helps you focus on the eight most important facets of your business. Each facet has its own challenges, and as such, it requires its own solutions. This book will not only give you those solutions, but it'll also give you an entire chapter on the Advisor Solutions success stories from advisors and agents that have applied the solutions that I've taught them to get success. In addition, there's an entire section that I refer to as the Advisor Solutions Toolbox with 26 tools that I reference in the stories throughout the book. <laughs> it's almost like having three books in one. So, if you're interested in hearing more about my first book, 101 Advisor Solutions, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to hear about my inaugural book? Because if you can understand the backstory about the book, how I wrote it, and why it can help you, you might pick up a copy and read it. And you'll read what other advisors and agents have done to get to the next level. So what we're going to do today is cover three things in this podcast. First, the story behind writing the book, so that you understand how 101 Advisor Solutions evolved. Second, what I learned, so that you understand what I got out of writing the book and what you might get out of reading it. And third, the next chapter, so that you know how to get the book and what I'm planning on next. So if you've ever wondered how an author writes a book, well, that is what we're going to cover next. The story behind writing the book. Okay, so I said this about my second book, and I'll probably say it about every book that I ever write. And here's what I mean. The interesting thing about writing a book is that it never really seems to turn out the way that you think it will. You may have all the planning, rough drafts, rewrites, and edits that you expected at the beginning, but somewhere along the way, it inevitably, organically, evolves into a finished product that varies from the original framework. And one of the strangest things about this book, my first book, 101 Advisor Solutions, is that I actually wrote the entire outline for the first 300-plus pages of the book within about a few hours. And I didn't even know it. So let's jump into a step-by-step -step process of the story behind writing the book so that you understand what I mean. Step 1. How 101 Advisor Solutions Evolved Years ago, I was asked to do a message board for the horse's mouth. The year was 2006, and... 
the latest technology was the thing called the message board. If you don't know what a message board is, it's simply a thread on a web page where any of the Horse's Mouth members could post, post any questions that they had. Think of it this way. Think of what you can do when posting on Facebook, but it was when Facebook was only about two years old. The thing is, back then, it was a new technology. And it was something that, that a lot of people, a lot of Horse's Mouth members, were interested in. So, I wrote a few articles for the Horse's Mouth. I think it was about a dozen, actually. And then, I was asked to be on this message board. The only problem was, they didn't have a topic. And, they didn't know what they wanted me to talk about. So I said, well, what if, what if we did a, a mastermind about challenges and solutions? In other words, the advisor or agent gives me a challenge and I give them the solution. <laughs> they loved the idea, but they hated the name. So I had the title of the solution session. Instead, they changed it to, what is your 500-pound gorilla? <laughs> I didn't like their title either. In other words, what's your biggest challenge? In which case, I could tell them via a message what their biggest solution was. So, on the day of the big event, they had planned to, to launch it at about 12 o'clock Eastern, I think it was. As soon as they did, I was sitting at my computer ready to reply. The only problem was, I had messages or challenges for five solid hours. Every topic you could think of just kept coming in on that message board. And it didn't stop for five hours. In fact, I think the reason that it stopped that day was because people went home. I was getting alerts for days. When somebody would add a new challenge, I'd get an alert and I'd reply with the solution. So what that did was tell me that there are a lot of people out there, a lot of financial advisors and insurance agents who have challenges and they need solutions. And it was a great experience. But at that point, I hadn't even thought about how I could utilize all of this material. <laughs> As the years went on, I was accumulating more and more challenges. In fact, it was and is the heart of what I do. The heart of my business advisor solutions. My clients have a challenge, I have a solution. Because I've used those solutions before. About three years went by. And then it was 2009. We had been through one of the worst bear years at the time. It was tough for a lot of advisors and agents, and this bear market has been too. But business picked up for me, and I hired an assistant. And I started doing group coaching sessions. In fact, the very first group coaching session happened back in 2006 because of that message board. You see, one woman sent me her challenge, and she said, I feel like I'm alone in the business, and there's 30 financial advisors that are all men but none of them care about my success. What do I do? And I suggested that she join the, quote, women's only group coaching program, unquote. She asked more information, and I suggested that if her or any other women were interested in this women's only group coaching program, just shoot me an email. And that group filled up. Within the week, it was packed. The only problem was I didn't have a women's only group coaching program. I had the idea. I thought it was a good idea, but I didn't have the material, so I started writing it, and I actually converted that into the Advisor Solutions Smart Start Group Coaching Program and, and ran that program for nine years. And I've been doing group coaching 
ever since. Eventually, I got into professional speaking, and I was blessed to be able to speak all around the country at various local chapters for the FPA, Financial Planning Association, as well as as NAFA, National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. And it was at one of those speaking events when I met another speaker who I thought did a great job. I was speaking with him on the way to his car, and he had mentioned to me that if I wanted to have credibility in this business, I needed to write a book. Then it dawned on me. The book was already outlined, and I didn't even know it. You see, at this point, I knew what I needed to do. We needed to put together each challenge from the message board, but that wasn't enough. We needed my replies, which were the solutions. And also, we needed to to put them into some type of categories. And after speaking with my assistant, Melissa Denham, who is now the owner of The Word Muse, check her out on the web at www.thewordmuse.com. She had some great ideas. The idea was to divide the challenges and solutions based on what I call the eight most important facets of your business such as time management, prospecting, sales, marketing, and the list goes on and on. And then go from there. And once we had the right categories, Melissa went to work. You see, she put together each challenge and solution into the Word doc, into a a Word doc, to see what we had. And as I researched my notes for this podcast, I realized that we started the whole process on May 3rd, 2009. What I didn't know at the time was how long it was going to take. And, just like that, we had the birth of the idea to write a book. So we went to the next step. Step two, how the book started to take shape. Okay, so we had the idea. And we had the beginnings of a lot of stories that were, that were based on challenges and solutions. Also, we were beginning to categorize them into a different facet to the business. Or at least Melissa was anyway. But we didn't have the process. I had never written a book and I didn't really know what to do. And I went through and looked at each story. What I realized was I needed to write more copy. You see, when you have a hundred plus questions over the course of five hours, you don't have a lot of time to elaborate on the answers. What I noticed was that I was, wasn't really going into the details. And also, the stories needed to be arranged into some kind of a, a process or somehow they needed just to connect with each other. In other words, I wanted to have a very common challenge right at the beginning of each chapter, one that every advisor and agent had gone through or will go through. And also, if, if there was a related challenge, I wanted to put it right next to it, close by. So, I knew that restructuring the stories was going to take time, a lot of time. And finally, I needed a schedule to work on this so that it would, in fact, get done. So I decided that I would start with Chapter 1, which is entitled Focus and Motivation, How to Enjoy the Journey Regardless of the Weather. <laughs> what a fitting chapter for me to begin, begin with because this was going to be a journey that was going to take a long time. The only thing was... I didn't realize how long it would take to write a book. And then I went to the next step. Step three, the 30,000 foot view. Okay, so now I had the idea for a book. That was good. I had the stories. 
that was good. Or at least I had the challenges and I had a, a brief reply on the solution, so I had something to work with. Here's what I didn't have. I didn't have it done. Instead, I had a lot to do. In addition, I was still having five hours of individual and group coaching sessions a day. So working on the book was something that was going to have to work at night. In fact, I literally only worked on this book at night. I set my alarm for 8 o'clock at night to remind myself to go upstairs to my home office and work on the book. That's what I did. But little by little, I worked on reading the stories, arranging the stories, with a lot of help from Melissa Denham, writing and rewriting the stories, adding copy, taking out copy, adding new stories, discussing each story with Melissa to explain why it would fit, where it would fit, if it did fit, or whether or not we needed to just get rid of the story. And all the while, another year went by. But unlike my second book, Advisor Life, that I worked on a decade later and didn't even know it, that's a whole other story that I explain in episode 70. I didn't have a book segmentation worksheet for that first year. In other words, I didn't have everything on a one Excel spreadsheet to rearrange the stories, if need be. Or to know what the, the page count was on each story. You see, I wasn't very organized. I wasn't as organized as I should have been. And that's because I was writing this book one chapter at a time, based on basically the bare bones of what happened during that message board. But once I finished chapter one, I knew that I could keep going. And if I kept going, I would finish the book. That's because I had what I call the 30,000-foot view of what the book looked like. The only thing was, I didn't really realize that for another year, how the big picture of the book would, would not really look like the finished product. You see, the finished product was much, much better. So I went to the next step. Step four, creating the details. Okay, so when you write a book, somewhere along the way, you get into the details that you didn't even think of when you started. I guess that's why they call them details. When, while working on the book that year, I noticed that it was, it was starting to take shape. But we were missing something. We were missing the details. And here's what I mean. We had the stories. We had the stories arranged. But we didn't really have a great introduction for the chapters so that you understand how the stories fit together under the categories of these eight different facets, such as time management, prospecting, sales, and so on. So I started working on the chapter introductions. And that's when Melissa had another idea. And it was brilliant. She had mentioned that a lot of the solutions referred to tools that I had recommended for advisors and agents. And I would explain the tool inside of the solution, but the tool really wasn't in detail. And it wasn't enough detail for the reader to really understand how to use the tool or how to create the tool on their own. So she said, we need a toolbox. <laughs> We need a way for the advisors to go to the back of the book and see the detailed description of each tool that was mentioned in the book or in the story. And here's where it gets really interesting. The toolbox? The toolbox would explain the tool and what the tool was. It would explain what the tool looked like. It would explain the tool itself so that 
that you could actually copy it or make your own. But she also had the idea of referencing the, the story where I used the tool so that you could go back to the story if you wanted to. So if you went to the toolbox at the back of the book and read the tool and looked at the notes at the last page of, the, of that specific tool, you could read something like this. It would say, quote, you will find the Advisor Solutions referral tracker applicable in the following solutions. Number 17, number 36, number 54, and number 55, unquote. But that's not the end of the story. She also suggested that we need to have a, a summary page after each chapter that is actually the final page of the chapter, and it needed to be titled The Advisor Solutions Toolkit. You see, on this page, this page would summarize the tools that were referenced in the chapter. That way, when you get to the end of the chapter, you could see what tools were mentioned, and you could look them up at the end of the, the book in the Advisor Solutions Toolbox section. Oh, and... And instead of numbering the tools, like we did with the each story, she suggested that we go with letters and that we letter them A to Z. And I decided to create a, a new tool, the Advisor Solutions Toolbox A to Z Assessment Test, so that you could take a quick assessment test to find out which tools you needed most. You can find that on page 275, by the way. Now, at this point, it just seemed like we had everything. But again, I didn't realize how wrong I was at the time. And that is when we went to the next step. Step five, the finishing touches. So now it's been almost two years of writing this book. I couldn't believe how much work went into it. But it was missing something. You see, we had 101 challenges and solutions. So each story lasted about a page or so. And we had the toolbox, which added to the book because it really could have been a separate book on its own. And that's when Melissa had another brilliant idea. She said, we need a breather in the book. What she meant was is that something that was less intense, less concise, and something that the, the reader could relate to, which were stories. She went on to say, it needs to have success stories. And just like that, I began to start working on that chapter. Chapter 9, Solution Success Stories, Financial Advisors' Real-World Tales of Triumph. See, this chapter wrote itself. In fact, after 43 pages, I decided I needed to stop because these success stories were starting to, to concern me that the book was getting too big. <laughs> but she was right. It was a nice breather, and it fit nicely in between 101 Challenges and Solutions section and the Toolbox section. So now, I was coming up on the two-year anniversary of the book, and I was finishing up on, on a lot of the details of the book, such as the chapter introductions, the introduction of the book, the final chapter, the toolbox section that I told you about, the afterwards page, the acknowledgement page, the success story section that I just mentioned, the preface page, in which most authors typically add the current date at the end. I decided to use April 3rd, 2011, since I wrote it right around that time, and that date had a significant meaning to me, April 3rd. And, of course, I needed to write the dedication page. The dedication page, which I think might have been one of the last pages that I wrote, 
I decided that I would dedicate my book to my best friend, Gene Lawrence, who I credit as being the driving force behind my success in my early years. That without his constant and never-ending encouragement, I wouldn't have made it in the business. As a result, the book would not have been written. That's the kind of person my friend is. Or was. You see, on April 3rd, 2006, my friend spent the day with his two children, who were three and four at the time. He dropped them off at their mother's house, his ex-wife. He stopped off at the store and bought a kitten for the kids. Went home, watched the movie, went to bed. But he never woke up. Instead, he had a congenitive heart failure, and he passed away. And he was only 38 years old. It's interesting how, how quickly life can go, and it's so important to enjoy the journey. And that's what he did. He enjoyed the journey. Step 6. The Last Chapter After two years of working on the book, I thought that it was finally finished. But again, I was wrong. <laughs> if you ever write a book, you'll run into the challenge of formatting and cover design. There are two ways to overcome this challenge. First, you could do it yourself and run the risk of not doing it right. Or, second, to hire it out. I chose to hire it out. So I googled book cover designs and I, I went to Fiverr and I put the project online to get some responses. And I got a lot of responses. Several graphic artists replied and I looked at their work and I finally picked out one of them who I communicated with through Fiverr and eventually through email. He was actually in Egypt. In fact, I've never even spoken to this guy. He wanted me to send him several examples of what books I liked and what I wanted my book to look like and to give him as much detail on the color, the design, anything that I could. And several variations later, he nailed it. <laughs> it was the perfect book cover. I absolutely loved the cover of the book. Let's talk about formatting. Once the cover was done, it was time to make sure that the book was formatted properly. This is a difficult task, and it's not for everyone. Believe me, it's tedious. In fact, you probably don't want to do that. Format a book. This was a frustrating process. It took six months because we were using a service that, that only communicated via emails. And it was terrible. We, we had an Excel spreadsheet with 100-plus areas that needed formatting after we formatted it from the last time. At this point, I have no idea how many times we went back and forth with the formatting. I do know it took six months. There was a lot of revisions. The thing I did like is that they came up with the font style, the size. And I wouldn't even thought of some of the things that they did. They did a great job. And it turned out to be very professional. So let's talk about producing the book. Self-publishing is the most common way for most people that want to write a book to get published. Back then, I don't think Amazon had its own publishing arm. It was 2011, and I went to a company called Lulu.com. They had a package for about, I think it was $1,000, where you would get the book formatted and published. <laughs> they got the ISBN number. stands for International Standard Book Number. It's a 13-digit number that basically 
helps identify your book from other books that are out there. We had the graphic artist sent the the book cover, and I love the book cover. Also, I created two versions, the hardcover and the Kindle. And since they did the formatting, took six months, and we had the book cover, we just needed to put the two together. And after all of that, the book, 101 Advisor Solutions, A Financial Advisor's Guide to Strategies that Educate, Motivate, and Inspire, went from a thought to reality. What I learned. Well, hopefully I didn't scare you away from writing a book. And I'm sure you might be wondering if every author goes through the exact same process. Well, let me assure you, they don't. But let me share with you five things that I learned in the journey. The journey from thinking about writing a book to having a book. Let's jump in. Number one, a book is your baby. Unfortunately, I don't have any children, but I do have 13 nieces and nephews. I've got nine great nieces and nephews that I love dearly. And when you write a book, your book is kind of like your baby. It's yours. You created it. So don't let anybody tell you what to do. Don't let anybody tell you how to raise your child. And don't let anybody tell you how to (laughs) write your book. If you write a book, make it your own. Because it's yours. Number two. A book only happens if you make it happen. If you really want to write a book, you need to be dedicated to doing it. Sure, you can get a researcher, you can get a ghostwriter, which I never did. You can get a great editor, which I highly recommend. You can get a formatter and a graphic artist. But you still have to be dedicated to putting it all together. So, if you want to write a book, you, and only you, need to make it happen. Number three, a book is organic. All the planning in the world will not prepare you for for the changes that occur while writing a book. The original thought is never really the same as the finished product. This book went from just me thinking that I'd, I'd put 101 challenges and solutions that I already had written into a cover and call it a day to something that organically evolved into what I can confidently say is, is a great book. So be open to what you will organically create as you create this process. You'll be glad you did. The book will be even better. Number four, a book grows when you shrink it. So this was a big shocker to me. When we added the toolbox and the success stories to the, to the book, it added a lot of pages to the page count. But when we shrunk the book down from a, a Word doc size down to a book size, it added 150 pages. And the total page count came out to 473 pages. That's a big book. But I wanted it to be a great book, a great book so that you could learn from it. And that's what it is. Number five, your book doesn't define who you are. So I mentioned this in episode 70 when I talked about my second book, but it bears worth repeating. I have a bucket list from 1997 when I was 30 years old at the time. 
And at the time, many of the things that I wrote on the bucket list were just a wish list. As you can guess, writing a book was one of them. In fact, I didn't even dream of writing two books, each over 400 pages. But I did. And I'm not done. <laughs> the point is, is that although you can call yourself an author when you finish your book, or if you write a book, you're still you. So, don't think that writing a book as defining your entire identity. There's more to you than just one accomplishment. Much more to you. The next chapter. I said that we covered three things in this podcast. First, the story behind writing the book. Check, we did that. Second, what I learned. Check, we did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is the next chapter, so that you know how to get the book and what I'm planning to do next. There are a couple of things that, that I'd like to share with you that are in the works. And recently, I published my second book, Advisor Life, a business coach's collection of short stories with tools, techniques, and transformational moments. I hope you check that one out too. But what I'm thinking about is turning that book into an audiobook. Next... I'm in the process of mapping out my notes for my next book. <laughs> it's most likely going to be called The Advisor's Evolution, From Rookie to Retirement. But like I said before, a book is organic and the titles are no exception, so it might change. Also, I wanted to make sure that you know how to get the book, 101 Advisor Solutions and Advisor Life. The quickest way for you to get either one of these books is simply go to Amazon and search the title. You'll find it. Finally, I want to thank you for listening to this episode. It's been fun to share my journey with you. My hope is that you enjoy this and my other book and any future books. And my wish is that you digest the stories in the pages of the book so that you find the solutions. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions group coaching program or the Advisor Solutions individual coaching programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time.